When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here, and we are back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. This time, we are going all the way over to Sydney, Australia, to talk with Mita Betty, and she is the CEO and co-founder of Resonate. And this is a wonderful company that focuses on, and I'll quote, accelerating customer delight. Very excited to talk about this topic. A couple of quick announcements before we get started. If you have an amazing story that you'd like to share or a question that you'd like me to answer, please go to all or any of the social media channels because I am there. And if it is a question, use the hashtag AskShep. I'll either answer the question there in that channel in my newsletter on this show or perhaps on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. And that can be found on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, and you can find episodes on BeAmazing.tv. That's BeAmazing.tv. All right, let's jump into the interview with Mita Betty all the way from Sydney, Australia. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you, Chef. Lovely to be here. Well, it's great and and uh, love the accent. Uh, I know I'm talking to you at five o'clock in the afternoon. It is eight o'clock in the morning there. So I'm ready to go home. You're ready to get started. You're a day ahead, which means you could tell me what's happened in the stock market. Well, maybe, maybe not. It seems like you should be able to. But anyway, regardless, let's go ahead and jump into this. Let's talk about Resonate. Um, I know it's all about creating customer delight, but why don't you give us a little bit more insight into the company? You and I, by the way, I just want to say you and I were talking about it. You shared some great um, insights, but I love the Warren Buffett quote that you had. So please be sure to share that with us as well. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so Resonate is an Australian-based global customer experience management company. Lots of big words there. Um but ultimately, our mission is to accelerate customer delight. And what does this really mean? Um, if anyone's heard Warren speak, Warren Buffet speak at any business conference, the number one thing he really tells founders, business leaders, and he puts it so simply, if there's one thing you should do is delight your customers. And um, lo and behold, it seems so simple, but it's a tough thing to do. Warren, who knows what drives value in businesses, that's his core business, to understand what makes a business valuable, delighting your customers makes it really valuable because it is really hard to replicate. It's really hard to do it overnight. And buying delight is almost impossible, like buying advertising. So if you as a business leader can create an engine in your company that accelerates customer delight, you create very lasting value. And that's the business that Resonate is in. We're, we're not a company necessarily that worries about customer insights or giving reports to companies. They have plenty of that already happening. 
what they really need is execution at the front line. You know, businesses are won and lost at the front line. The war is really at the front line. The customer service person is the one that delights the customer. And I always come from a context and belief that 90% of customer service people that come in uh, want to do a good job and want to delight the customers and it's leaders that are not enabling them with the right products and tools and weapons or whatever you may call it to make that happen. And if that's sort of what Resonate is really about, getting leaders to have, prod, have, have our product to enable their frontline teams to delight customers and really drive lasting value. All right, so I have two questions. I'm going to tell you what they both are now so I don't forget them because oftentimes when you start going with one, I completely forget the other. Uh, The first is I'm going to ask you, don't give me the answer yet. I'm going to ask you to give me a more definitive uh, definition of what customer delight is. And number two, you mentioned that the war is fought on the front line with customer service people, which I love that. But I want you to, to expand on that a little bit. Is it just the customer service department? Is it the salespeople? Is it anybody on the front line? Or again, is it primarily back to the customer service department, if you will? So let's start with definition of customer delight. Very good question. So customer delight means systematically you can, if I walk into a company I know as a customer that I will be delighted. And that doesn't just mean one thing um, that drives that. That's just not fast delivery alone. That's not just a good product. That's not just, you know, timely service. That's not just having a customer service personnel that has skill and understands uh, how to delight you. It's just about a multiplier effect of all of these happening together systematically, no matter which part or which branch or which part of the company I'm dealing with. And that type of intangible feeling a customer walks out is a systematic way of delivering a service or a product to a customer. And that is what drives delight. It is something that is almost a little bit of surprise and a bit of difference to what they expected as they walked in, whether they're selling furniture, whether you're selling a rental car, whether you're selling an online product going above and beyond because you got the whole thing right. And this is sort of answering the second part of your question. I'll get to that is what drives customer delight? Is it just at the front line or is it at the back end? And and the short answer is it's everything. It's in the DNA of a company. And it's, um, I would like to say it is like what makes a good orchestra. It's every instrument in it. You can't say the pianist is the most important one or, you know, the, the choir is the most important. The conductor is the leadership, but every single musical instrument has to play its part in order to make that beautiful piece of music that a customer hears and goes, wow, that was so delightful. And that when is, you hear a, music, that is a great analogy. I love, you know, um, there's a I, one of my favorite songs of all time is a Beatles song yeah. written by George Harrison, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Are you familiar with the song? Not fully. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But what's really interesting is when, you know, there's a little Beatles history. George brings the song to the group and the group says, I don't like it. It's, you know, it, it's just not what we want to play. John Lennon, Paul McCartney, I don't know, whatever they 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 poo poo it. So. He goes out all depressed and he talks to his buddy, Eric Clapton, perhaps one of the greatest guitar players in the world, and says, yep. I don't understand why they don't like it. So Eric looks at it, he plays it, and and Eric says, uh, this is great. I don't understand either. 
And, and George says, would you please come and play it like that? So George brings him in the next day to the studio and they agree to record the song, but Eric has to play the guitar. Now, what's interesting, you can go on YouTube and you can type in Eric Clapton, the, the, you know, I don't know what the right word is, the track on, um, the, the solo track on my guitar gently weeps where it's just him isolated from the rest of the band. And when you hear it by itself, it doesn't sound very good. It, it, it's like, you can hear him breathing and tapping his foot and, yep. and, 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 but you hear the music playing and it's just not that great until it's put together with everything else. And then it sounds like he's a genius. And I yeah. think that's what you're saying is it's Absolutely. not just somebody on the front line. It's everything that's supporting that experience. And one thing by itself doesn't work. It's all of it together. Boy, that's a long way of drawing it. <laughs> but I think I love that a musical analogy because I'm a musician at heart. Uh, it just ties in and resonates with me. Absolutely. that It's really about that analogy. And that's why it's also Warren comes back to the fact that it drives lasting value because it's not easy to do to build that orchestra you can't just say I'm going to invest in a new piano and make that happen or I'm just going to get a superstar guitarist and make it happen you have to make the whole orchestra work together in unison and that's what drives lasting value competitive advantage all the buzzwords that business knows makes a lasting valuable company is really about making that orchestra happen and that's what we're very excited about. So I just wrote an article and the basic working title of might be the actual title is it's not bad customer service. It's a bad culture. Cause would you agree with me that bad customer service, a company that provides that, if you go to look at the company, you'll probably find the leadership isn't supporting the rest of the company in creating this experience. Agree? Disagree? Absolutely. Um, it's culture, it's vision, it's everything. It's purpose as well. So all of that rolled into one. But it's also systematically rewarding the right behaviours, uh, ensuring. I started the conversation out by saying most people come into work wanting to do a good job. Uh, you know, I'm talking about 90% of people want to do a good job. They want to deliver value to the customer. So if we're starting with that pretext, then what is the blocker? And and most of it is us uh, in leadership teams or understanding that chasing profit, chasing revenue, chasing all of that is great, but that's an end, end goal. How do you enable your teams to do that by focusing on the customer? And that's really important. So here's another concept I want to throw out there. Let's see if we can answer this in a couple of minutes or talk yeah. about it in a couple of minutes. We all want customers to love us. We all want customers to buy from us. We all want customers to think we create great service. But in the end, doesn't all of that have to happen inside a company before it can happen outside? So we want our employees to enjoy working here. We want them to know that our products are good. We want them to trust the leadership because otherwise, how can they pass that feeling on to the customer? So it all starts internally. I guess that's another way of saying it. What's happening on the inside is is faced and, and being felt on the outside. Absolutely agree. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, leaders are grappling with we're in an economy that is short on skill, short on people, uh, going to become short on capital soon. Um, we all know all those really amazing challenges are ahead of us, and a lot of leaders are excited about this moment because I guess the really good leadership will shine now. Uh, 
because um, it's a time where you really need skill in order to ride ride the tracks right now. So a lot of leaders are grappling with, do I create better employee experience to create a better customer experience? Do I create internal culture? And I'd actually like to flip this a little bit externally and say, just by creating great employee experiences does not create a great customer experience in itself uh, because employees don't want to just be wowed while we're fake to the market. Let's flip that around a little bit. Actually, investing in customer experience can also create a great employee experience. I want to work for a company that I know customers love because it gives me a whole lot of purpose. You see in retail as well, almost all retail staff are on similar pay, uh, you know, at you know, at customary, but a lot of retail staff that have great engagement are the ones that in companies that have great customer experiences, because when you're at a front line, you don't want to face bullets. You don't want to be the, this customer service representative that doesn't represent a great customer focused company. And so vice versa, actually investing in great customer experience drives great employee experience because employees have to deal with customers. And if they're not enabled, they feel like they experience eight hours of the day, no matter if they get free Coke or beer, is less important than enabling them to do their core job. And so, you know, Apple and all of these guys know this really well, that customers love the company and employees love the company because customers love the company. So it's this vicious cycle. <laughs> it's, so which comes first, the chicken or the egg? And I think that's an age-old uh, question that we can apply here. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, there's two things I want to talk about. You just mentioned that uh, companies are going to be short on capital. And I have a feeling that's because, boy, uh, the cost of wages or for salaries are going up. The cost of everything seems to be going up with inflation, not just a problem here in the U.S., but in the problem. The problem is actually permeating throughout the entire world. One of the few times we've seen a world issue with uh, with this type of thing. And if you look back at the pandemic, you know, there were some companies all from the same industry that survived and others didn't. And there's a reason it's the way they approached their employees, the way they approach their customers. I bet you've got some great insights on that. And then I want you to share with us the essentials that leaders must put in place right now to ride out the next few years. Because as you mentioned, we could become short on capital with all the issues going on. We're going to have all of that and more when we get back. Don't go away. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert, and I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll-be-back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Mita Betty, the CEO and co-founder of Resonate. 
learning an awful lot. You've got, a, a, I think you've got a really interesting insight and I will be, I'll be straight up and tell you that I do this all the time. Every week we do episodes. Plus I have my TV show. Plus I'm constantly writing articles and interviewing people for that. And you really, even though it doesn't seem like it, you've got a little bit of a, a nuanced um, difference between your way of thinking and what many people out there are thinking. So I just love that. Uh, let's start with this concept that people or companies, excuse me, are going to be short on capital. You said that. I think I know the reason why I kind of alluded to that, but I want to hear if that's true. And then what can we do about it? Because that's going to create potential problems for many companies. Yeah, thanks, Chef. It, it is a different climate we're entering, as we know. And I always like to start with a great barbecue conversation, right at what are customers talking about? You know, A barbecue conversation? Yeah, absolutely. It tells us a lot about the economy. And I always listen very carefully when I'm, I obviously read the Financial Times and all those thick, heavy papers. But really, the barbecue conversation is the revealing one. So over the last three or four years, we've had barbecue conversations around what have I bought? What's the latest car? Capital and interest rates have been lowest in history and people have been on a buying spree. And going to the barbecue conversation, it was a FOMO moment. Um, have you bought this? Have you bought that? Have you bought the latest LCD TV, LED TV? I can't keep up really what people are buying. And that's been the barbecue conversation. And that's about to take a U-turn as mortgages become more expensive, as cost of living goes up. And the barbecue conversation is turning to where are you saving money? What coupons are you using? Are you Have you got a plan, a fitness um, you know, membership that you don't need? Which apps are you deleting? So we're going to, that's a contractory, you know, there's going to be contraction and that starts at the barbecue. I call it reverse FOMO. People can start competing on how are you saving money? You know, really that's going to be the championship over the next two years of a reverse FOMO of, hey, did you see this coupon? Did you see that? You know, I'm actually going to change my phone plan from X to Y because I saved $20 because my mortgage has become expensive. And that's something leaders really need to be aware of and, and are. As the cost of running the company goes up, also customer churn is going to become a real thing. The reverse FOMO, customers are rethinking every relationship, which ones are not worth having anymore because their own, I guess, Maslow's hierarchy needs, their own house, food and daily needs are going to become tighter. That's just the reality we're in, higher interest rates. Companies, um, cash, is, cash is going to become tighter. So it's going to be a double sort of situation where cash is going to become tighter for companies as well as their customer churn is going to become real. Um, you can't take a customer for granted any longer and it's going to accelerate that thing because people are just going to look at all discretionary spend and all spend, re-look at it and go, what's really important to me? So the barbecue conversation is going to change and the boardroom conversation is going to change all at once because it all starts at the barbecue and the picnics and the, you know, parents groups and all of that. We're all part of that same economy. And this is going to become really interesting customer experience and keeping the customer engaged and the relationship is going to become front and center. It's not going to be a nice to have something you say is a sixth pillar of my annual report and my customer strategy. It's going to be your survival strategy going into the next two years, customer service excellence and customer delight. And that's what I love about what's happening because as a customer, I'm going to start to get more value from 
companies in a way because suddenly I'm going to become more important. So I get that. But you said, referring to FOMO, fear of missing out, that it's no longer going to be FOMO. It's I actually wrote down FOMO, fear of missing out. But then I wrote, what's the next level? And you kind of alluded. I don't know if you used these exact words, fear of spending too much. (laughs) So in these barbecue dinner conversations, picnic conversations, people are going to be saying, I'm no longer spending money on this. I'm saving money on that. Oh, you're spending way too much on that, you know, uh, cable TV subscription that you have, you know, et cetera, et cetera, ways to cut down. So here's what I'm going to ask. You're saying the, the experience is more important than ever. And I've always believed up until tight times that, customer service and experience can trump price. It doesn't make price completely irrelevant, but it makes uh, price less relevant. Yeah. I believe today what you're saying is that we've it's really no longer uh, an option to provide a better service experience, not worry so much about price. We need to start worrying about what we're charging clients as well. So are they really starting to come together in one or is it still the service and experience is way up here making price less relevant? I think um, price is going to be relevant over the next two years, but holding margin, companies will be able to hold margin. The ones that had invested in customer service and customer experience, you'd be able to hold margin much stronger. You're you know, in technical terms, you'd be able to hold your EBITDAs, your P&Ls, because they're going to feel pressure. They're going to feel pressure from two things. One is more cost of money and losing customer base. And you see this in annual reporting seasons that are coming through. The pressure is really strong and the market is punishing companies much worse. So you're being watched much more closely by the shareholder and any drop in profit is getting punished really heavily. So holding profit in a long way is the only way to hold it right now is to actually invest more heavily in customer experience. And, you know, it's a funny thing to say, you know, when the plane starts to go down in a way, it's not a time to face down and go down faster. Good pilots will hold on to the plane and go, now is the time to, you know, be a great pilot and go in and invest in the right areas in my company And actually investing in good customer experience is not just about spending more. It's about spending less as well. So being sharper, how you drive the plane in a way, because you might be spending on things a customer doesn't value anymore. And understanding that and having a stronger customer focus means you're spending on things that the customer values and stop spending on things that they don't value in order to drive more efficiency from your dollar. And that's going to be really important in the next two years because dollars will become more expensive. Every leader, every $10 they spend on customer service, customer experience has to be the right $10 because they do need to have more customer service to hold margin, but they don't have enough money in a way to just keep delivering you know, freebies in that customer service. All right. You may have answered this uh, because I have this question about the essentials leaders must put into place now was was that in this answer? I think part of it was, but I don't know if you hit all of what I think you want to share. No, I think I sort of can put it a little bit more simply. Really, leaders really need to focus in, in my uh, opinion, is on really good customer experience practices and operating rhythms. It's not good enough to say we want to. So building systematic processes in the company that measure, reward, good customer experience, ensure that it's a core part of your KPIs. 
from your your sales team is getting KPI'd not just on revenue but on customer experience because revenue is a lagging indicator and you want them to build solid business. Your your employees at the front line are getting uh, KPI'd on customer experience because that is going to hold margin and your good annual results. That's going to let you ride the storm of the next two years, if I say it in a humble way. So ensuring proper systematic investment is going into this insurance policy and this delight policy that you need to ride the storm over the next two years is really what every leader needs to do. And learning the nuance and depth of how to do it is really important. And we probably can't cover that in this call, but that's really what it's about. Oh, I think you've given us something to think about. That's for sure. So as we wrap this up, I always finish with the one thing question. Is there one last nugget of information, one last idea, something that you want to share that this audience must know before we finish our conversation? You know, I think what is really important is to know that it is going to be heavy weather over the next two years. And really, it's not about investing in customer experience or customer delight. It's really about accelerating customer delight over the next two years, because those that accelerate will use the storm to to actually fly higher because some companies will fall. And so you want to be that sort of eagle that rides the storm and really accelerates in it and accelerating customer delight. If you take nothing from this conversation, that's the one thing I want leaders to really think about. How do we accelerate customer delight and use this sort of perfect storm to really fly higher as a company and come out stronger on the other end? Agree. You know, I'm going to suggest that our listeners take a look at the companies that at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was in turmoil. And then you noticed some companies just to use your word accelerated. Now let's take out the Amazons and these companies that had the essentials. Let's look at like restaurants, for example. So many restaurants were either shut down or failed or barely, barely made it. And they're still hurting. Yet other restaurants, how did they flourish? If you just take a look and start to understand the difference between these two types of restaurant, you know, or the managers or owners of these restaurants and how they uh, either did well and accelerated because some of them came out even better off than when they started. How did that happen versus others that looked like they served the same kind of food? They had approximately the same prices. What did they do that caused them to fail? If you look at those two, you'll understand, well, that's exactly what me to Betty is talking about today. Yes. Absolutely. Accelerating. They accelerated their customer delight and customer yep. focus. Yep. Yep. They figured it out. All right. This is why we call this amazing business radio. You have delivered tremendous insights and we thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. All right, everybody. That wraps it up. Another episode of amazing business radio. We'll be back next week with another interview. And until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.